Love Talk Radio. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Hello, everybody. Columbus, Ohio, and also out in the internet world, listeners in the house. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Party blog. Welcome for Saturday, April 24th. Hey, boy, don't seem that long since 2000. And so, you know, I'm your host, Lardy Miss Party, and your co-host for this evening is Brenda Wright, Bernard Carlwell, and of course, yours truly, Tyrone Island Smalls, the poet. And we are here to bring you fresh news and updates on Saturday at certain time. We have real news from real people right here on the Lardy Miss Hardy Blog Talk Radio Show. We have a great show this evening. We're talking about what does children's services and judicial system have in common with families that face sexual, emotional, and physical abuse. Come join us on this venture to share your views, take time to help someone in need to help cope with this problem. Up, seek up and seek out, America. There are troubled teens and adults who have faced this dilemma. Just go and see that movie, Precious. You can save a life with your story or testimony. If you have this or you want to be a guest on this show or you are an expert, you can email me at wclarty at familiesandvictims.com or at the call-in number on Saturdays at 6 p.m. or 7, 884-8684. Again, 347-884-8684. And for those that would love to, to call in and, and, and call in toll-free. The number is one 483 3153 That number again is one 483 3153 We will be right back.
Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show, and of course, I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and I have the company with me today. Of course, I just introduced to you Brenda Wright. Brenda Wright is a community advocate, and she is here today to express her views and ideals on the subject that we are talking about. Um, she is also one that has had hands-on experience the judicial system dealing with children's services. And as I spoke about Bernard Caldwell, he is also here too, and he's dealing with the dark side of criminal justice, which he has experienced from the other side of the street. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you're dealing with people that have hands-on as well as knowledge about this particular information that we're bringing to Today. Again, we are talking about what does children's services and the judicial system have in common with families that face sexual, emotional, and physical abuse. Okay, now I hope you did your research to bring your A game. Okay, we got to talk about this. It's very important. So the question today is this. What does children's have in common with families that face sexual, emotional, and physical. Is it all, all the family's fault entirely? Do you believe abuse happens in children's services, foster care, when children placement? Why when children turn 18, some are thrown out into the streets without help from children's services? Is it all about the dollars and no cents? Do you believe the law calls on change and our judicial system needs fixing. Do families get victimized? Do our judicial systems lie to cover up the wrongs done by children's services? Isn't this called fraud? Is every family only? Is every child's service system bad? So here today to talk about this, okay? And so, you know, this is have the ears of mature audience, okay, because we're going to be talking about this. It can be a very emotional subject. You know, as for myself, I have also dealt with this subject as well. You know, I have that experience as well hands-on. And so we're going to turn the picture on over here to Brenda Wright, who I call this right. And Brenda, I wanted to ask a, a, a question that, you know, maybe some people may think about. And so I want to ask a question. What children's services and the judicial system have in common with asexual, emotional, and physical abuse? And let me speak on that. Why do you like the light is right? Well, then. I like the light of life because I like to kind of look into things as far as research and find out if there is a solution that I can probably get people that may need to 
either here or may want a cleanup on one that they can express some of uh, their inner feelings through. Mm-hmm. So, okay. The name that they're chosen for me is a good one. Okay. I like the name, of course, because light is exposure. We like to expose the issue. So, getting back to the question, what does children's services and the judicial system have in common with families that face sexual, emotional, and physical abuse? Can you help us understand what do they have in common? Well, Wendy, I think the common that they have as far as working together is once there has been allegations of sexual abuse Mm -hmm. that is reported to our judicial system, and it goes by the judge, which then determines if it's severe enough to either be prosecuted mm-hmm. upon or which is an outlet for them to be able to provide mm-hmm. the family with their investigation mm-hmm. procedures mm-hmm. or for intervention that they would need if such things have taken place. If it was either in the home or so they can get a resolution to see if they are going to Okay. Well, you know, that sounds good because we really, you know, what you do, the system of children's services and you just have this in common. Um, and, and, and with that, do you think that it's all the family fault entirely? And most cases it's not. Some of the such as sexual abuse from this meditation doesn't always come from the family. It can be within anywhere that your child has been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the question is, as when our child our situation out of our home, how do they investigate and persecute upon that? You know, and and that she brought that up. How do they investigate? Well, from what I've learned through personally, there is no closure for for um in an emotional distraught state, and has to go through counseling. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard for the family if it, it leaves the family the distress of feeling of being a failure. Okay. So until they can come up with something significant enough to link the schools or wherever the child is being exposed at, mm-hmm. until they can get a grip on how they are going to expand their, their um, investigation, mm-hmm. where everyone is going to be accountable until some kind of um, final conclusion. Okay. That's good stuff right there. Um, well, if anybody want to know what what sexual abuse and physical abuse and all of these issues that we're talking about at the moment, it, what's the definition of them, I can give you those things. But first, child abuse, child sexual abuse have been reported between 300,000 to 400,000 times a year. But the unreported incidents is far greater because the children are frail in one what has happened. And the legal procedure for validating an episode is difficult. This is what they can say. 
sexual abuse includes fondling a child's genitals, intercourse, incest, rotomy, exhibitionism, and commercial exploitation, prostitution, or the production of pornographic material. Many experts believe that sexual abuse is the most underreported reported form of child maltreatment because of the secrecy or the conspiracy of violence that so often characterizes and case child sexual abuse can take place within the family, step parents, siblings, or other relatives, or for example, by a friend, neighbor, care a child care person, teacher, or stranger. When sexual abuse has occurred, a child can develop a variety of distressing uh, feelings, thoughts, and behaviors. Now, a child who is the victim of sexual sexual abuse, low self-esteem, a feeling of worthlessness, and an abnormal or distorted view of sex, the child may become withdrawn and mistrustful of adults and can be killed. This is what we call a personality disorder, such as uh, such as dissociative identity disorder, also known as multiple personality disorders, have been linked to sexual abuse. Some children who have been sexually abused have difficulty relating to others except on sexual terms. Some sexual abused children become child abusers or prostitutes or have other serious problems when they reach adulthood. There are no obvious physical signs of sexual abuse. Some signs can only be detected on physical exam by a physician. And sometimes not even that because not all perpetrators in sexual abuse uh, have sexual uh, intercourse with the children. Sometimes it's, you know, fondling and, and doing what they do with the genitals, okay? So uh, in a way that that can be... Uh, from a physician's point of view, if there's no significant signs like um, pain in, in, the, in, in the vagina or in the, in the anal area, um, uh, they, that there is sexual abuse happening. And a thing that happens to children that are sometimes comes with belittling. Uh, discouraging comments, making what one said as important or contemporary small, countering and correcting, responding in opposition, pointers and mistakes, put down, disguises, jokes, making critical, dismissive, or, or sliding remarks in a joking, often sarcastic way. Uh, another one is blame shifting, scapegoating. A, a, or lying the responsibility of one's actions on someone else, like it's your fault, only if you were more or less. You're just trying to pick up fight. okay? Fault-finding is another area. Relentless criticizing and correcting. Intimidation, using words or actions that threaten or imply harm or loss of something important. In that manner. Another one would be selective memory, remembering only parts of an event or bringing up only negative aspects of a person and forgetting and altering a fact to make himself or herself 
the lashing out is also another area. Angry attacks, yelling, screaming, raging, temper tantrums. Some emotional abuse, such as habitual scapegoating, belittling, rejecting, and often difficult to prove, and therefore child protective services may not be able to intervene without evidence of harm to the child. And then we go on and we say here that another aspect that comes with emotional, sexual, and physical abuse, you can, uh, a child who has been abused may display these particular issues like uh, a poor self-esteem, sexual acting out, inability to trust or love others, aggressive behavior, um, suicidal assault, anxieties and fears, school problems or failure, um, feeling of sadness and depression, flashbacks and nightmares, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Now, often the severe emotional damage to abused children does not surface until adolescence or later when many abused children become abusing parents, which is a very interesting part of this, too. Um, an adult who was abused as a child often has trouble establishing intimate personal relationships. These men and women have trouble with physical closeness, touching, intimacy, and trust as adults. They are also at higher risk for depression, substance abuse, medical illness, problems at school, or work. Now, I'm going to throw myself into this because as, as we are talking on this subject, I said that it was going to be probably a, an old uh, uh, issue to talk about, and sometimes it is hard to talk about. In order to see another person's life, sometimes you've got to talk about it, and it's also a way to, uh, to kind of let go of what has happened to you and find closure. And in my case, he's twelve years old. And then um, um, I was like Precious, the movie that came out where Precious was getting sexually molested by her father, and and to refer to how you have to have outer body experiences in order to cope with what was happening to you, minds will just go blank. Just, just, that ain't even here. And nine times out of ten, it worked for me. That was how I was able to keep my sanity. Now, as I grew up and got into my teen years, um, it, you know, having been sexually abused and physically abused and emotionally abused, it caused me to do three things. It caused me to go off and go with and pepper. And it ended up with kids. And then on the other end, what it had done was cause me to venture to do other things that I wouldn't have done if I would have had someone to listen to me. Because I was trying to tell the teacher, I was trying to tell everybody that wanted to when you're dealing with old school people, you know, they kind of hush mouth with that and you're left with it all by yourself and it's a sound to them that you're crazy. And in the process of this, it all go to school and push everything in the schoolwork in order for me to 
cope with what was going to happen to me when I got back because I was like a child in the day and a woman at night, okay? And that's, that's, that's hard stuff to talk. But how many young men or, or children and young girls and men felt this way growing up because this has to affect you on a higher level once now, once I become an adult and I got to face the perpetrator that did this to me, which is another area that needs to be dealt with, because when you're being sexually, physically, physically abused, you need to face the perpetrators that do it to you. Not all the time do we get a chance to do these things, but I was lucky. I was able to face the perpetrator that done it to me, okay? And that's what helped me to put it behind. But still, I had to be, you know, being shut down, not to talk, okay? And that went over into my adulthood where I was put into this box where I was, uh, where I was uh, silent and I was where I couldn't be myself anymore and, and, and try to live life as, as normal as possible, but knowing on its inside stress because this thing pulled over into my children, meaning that when children's services got involved in my life, they thought of another incident, um, and my children became involved in the system and was fostered out into the foster homes, okay? Um, the foster parents were sexually, you know, or sexually fondling on my children, and because I had somewhere profound strength to speak up about it and bring it to the attention of the ombudsman from the Child Protective Service Agency, even they swept it up underneath the rug because no one wants to believe that when a child gets molested, that they should be responsible or accountable looking at you for what you done did as being abusive parents or whatever they want to call you when they're a legend. But when it comes forth and they are victims of the same stuff, you don't get the system to, to uh, correct their problems because it's money. It's about money at that point because they could get sued or anything. So they really try to cover up any anything negative that is uh, in their in their in their system of what they're doing to the children. So this is what made me bring about uh, sexual abuse and, and mental abuse uh, that's being done not only in the family, but also done with the children of place in them where the system is now taking on the uh, uh, the parent role to parent a child away from the parent. Okay, and I don't know if they understand this or not, that they are held accountable for what the child is in the system. So getting back to the question and uh, asking uh, to you, Brenda, um, do, you, do you believe that Abuse happens in children's services, foster care, too, uh, when children are in placement. Have you ever uh, had someone tell you about 
something that has happened in the system while being in placement, uh, uh, while the kids were being in placement, or another kid has talked to you about it, or have you uh, witnessed it? You know, I, I need to know. To answer your question, yes, it does happen when some of our children are placed in different uh, people's households that are trusted through CPS, and it's sad that we as parents, when our, child, our children are removed from our home, we are already persecuted as in the person that, that, that has crossed this amendment in our child's life. But then once that they're placed into another home, then and, and, and it comes out to be that our child has been abused. We, we then parents feel that our trust and our, our trust and our way of life has been, been invaded the um, CPS mm -hmm. because it, it was an intrusion that they put in front of mm -hmm. and placed them with someone else without our, our knowledge of what type of school they are, our children are being actually placed with. Mm -hmm. We are left with so little information as to what is actually going on with our children once they're placed into a place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of their policies that they have within their agency, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's not fair in actuality because once it, they are abused or neglected sexually in, in these placements, mm -hmm. we, we, uh, we don't have acknowledged of that until it's too late. That is, until our children are back with us or if it's reported maybe uh, another intervention such as school that mm -hmm. may have reported mm -hmm. the issue. Mm -hmm. But once it's, it's put into our place, mm -hmm. it doesn't get the proper attention that it does, and, and that's because of the limitations of their tradition. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I think uh, that we're going to go to a slight pause, and we'll be back to finish up the subject on sexual, emotional, and um, mental abuse or emotions within our system dealing with children's services and our judicial system. And we'll be right back, okay? Thank you. 
Alright, alright, we are back on the Lordy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show, and I am your host, Lordy Miss Clardy, and we were talking with Brenda Wright, the lightest right. And we were now talking about the subject dealing with how uh, how the system uh, turns a blind eye to some of the failures that they also do uh, when it comes to these in their own systems. And uh, I wanted to go back over and read about uh, emotional neglect. Now, where I'm reading from is called Focus Adolescent Service at focusas.com. You can go there and read this information yourself. They got some pretty good information here uh, for those that are looking for information and be educated on this uh, subject. Um, on emotional neglect, it is said that it includes such actions as marked inattention to the child's need for affection, refusal of or failure to provide needed psychological care, spouse abuse, and the children's parent or present, excuse me, and permission of drug or alcohol use by the child. A pattern of this parental behavior can lead to the child's poor self-image, such as substance abuse, destructive behavior, such as another as self-injury, or even suicide. Now, um, with that, I guess I can ask one more question before I go over to the dark side, because, you know, all sides of the view is very important when we're just about emotional, physical, and uh, and sexual abuse. Um, so, Brenda, do you think that the law on abuse should be changed in our judicial system? You know, uh, Wendy, I I've been doing a little research of my my own, mm-hmm. and I happen to come across this child welfare information gateway. Mm-hmm. Now, after going things that I've read on there, I'd like to share some of that and maybe this should give a, a, a better light on what we're looking forward to for the future. Okay. Which is possibly panic. Okay. Okay. Um, it, it talks first about the limitations of security as price. It states of about two decades following the passage of CAPTA uh, of 1974, of four reports uh, abuse and neglect, which rose sharply, reaching three million per year in the mid 1990s, without a corresponding increase in the available gas. Okay, in response, CPS practices become bureaucratic, standardized, and legalistic. Okay. At the same time, families becoming into the system were experiencing multiple and increasing complex problems, mm-hmm. such as co-occurring substance abuse, mm-hmm. mental health, and domestic violence issues. Okay. As the numbers of the conspiracy of cases overwhelmed PTSD agencies, many states adopted as um, a narrow definition uh, for following forwarding a report on a 
formal investigations, and those investigations became more rigorous. These conditions combined to create seemingly topic objectives for CPS investigate and sanction perpetrators of maltreatment while providing therapeutic and support services to families complex problems. And it I joined this satisfaction uh, with traditional CPS practice contribute to the emergency of differential response system. Mm. This satisfaction has several key shortcomings and the system focused predominantly on investigation. Okay. So basically it it, it also states some of the um, predominantly folks uh, to be worked on, which one is limited capacity for It says while every state has legal mandate for CPS to respond to legitimate reports of child abuse and neglect, right, right. overwhelmed agencies with heavy caseload mm -hmm. and limited resources cannot thoroughly consider the risks and needs in all accepted reports. Some legitimate reports, principally those judged to be of lower risk or severity are screened out or closed without further action. So the question, the question to that as being a parent and a person of interest of, of the children would be what what is considered lower risk or of severity? Because what they are considering as of being lower risk or severity is really um, creating a state of mind within our children which is causing them to go through bipolar, schizophrenic, mm -hmm. a lot of emotional mm -hmm. stress. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that, um, Brenda, you know, because that's information that is very important to know about as well. And among the findings of a study that is titled The Commercial Sexual Exploitation of Children in the U.S., this is also Canada and Mexico. They are saying this is like your, your stats on this. They're, 325,000 children are reported as being sexually exploited in the United States annually. Of that figure, uh, 21,911 ran away from home and 51,602 were thrown out of their homes by a parent or guardian. Child abuse is the least frequent reported form of abuse. Family members, fathers, Older siblings commit 47% of all of all reported sexual assault against children in their own home. 49% of all sexual assaults against children are committed known either by the child or the child's family, such as teachers, coaches, physicians, ministers, priests, neighbors, and as the their foster parents. Okay. 4% of sexual assaults against children are by strangers, persons unknown to either the child or the child's family. 5% employers of children are other children. 7% of children who are victims of commercial sexual exploitation are middle-class background. And 40% of the girls who engage in prostitution were sexually abused at home, as was 30 of the boys. Now, I'm going to go back and, and reiterate 
about emotional abuse. I pay emotional neglect rather than abuse. Now, their definition of what emotional abuse is, what physical abuse, verbal abuse, or mental injury, includes acts or omissions that have caused or could cause serious behavioral, cognitive, emotional, or mental disorders. In some cases, the acts of parents or other caregivers alone without putting in the child's behavior or condition are sufficient to warrant child protective service intervention. That goes along with saying what are, you know, their criteria for child protective services to send a child outside home to, uh, into placement. And they are saying here that, for example, the parent or caregiver may use extreme or bizarre forms of punishment, such as confinement of a child it's all this. Now, I have witnessed that myself as parents that had done it. That's probably been back in the early 80s where, you know, they would put their child into a closet as a way of time out and close. I have seen that. And this is usually done in the name And other, other emotional abuse would be, uh, let's see here. Uh, would be not all children are affected in the same way. Children may become fearful, inhibited, aggressive, antisocial, withdrawn, anxious, depressed, angry, confused, suffer from disturbed sleep, problems with eating, difficulties at school, and challenges in making friends. Children uh, often feel caught in the middle between their parents and find it difficult to talk to either of them. Okay, so... In my mind, since we have all of these parameters of what sexual, emotional, and physical abuse can do to a child, just imagine what a child that been able to uh, have counseling or to uh, or to confront the people that done a certain thing to them properly, um, basically because of fear to talk up for themselves or because they have been struck down not to talk so much in their to where it affects them to be able to talk in their adulthood, okay? So then they go off um, hurting other people uh, and themselves behind what is done. Some even go out and crack, you know. Uh, some of them, you know, and they think that they're escaping the problem by, you know, family, a family uh, dynamic and, and, and decide that they're going to start all over, but they haven't dealt with that, that path or that, that issue that is still deep down in the gut of the person. And so it ends up coming out in their marriage on their children and also, like I said, and drives, you know, either the man or the woman out to do drugs or, or just to just to be crazy. So in my mind, I think that these particular information is very relevant because how many adults have dealt with this? The not We're going to talk to you about the dark and where do you think that children or when they have become adults uh, have an issue in their life at 
at at the at the at, at, at this issue that we're talking about. You know, how do they survive if they're surviving at all uh, with emotional and sexual abuse? I mean, what? Talk a little about what you know. Okay. Well, well, let's get at it. Angle comes from a person inside, not being self inside. Mm-hmm. Once you've been so backed up and everything is turned against you, mm-hmm. you start feeling like you're mad at the world and there's nobody but you. That's self inhabited. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of sick people, which I work with myself, mm-hmm. to where they get you into the front mode and you don't care about the life. That's mm-hmm. what the game format. Hugging over things like gang activity and feeling love. Okay. Not in the home. Right. So, well, therefore, I look at it as if there's a question here, or me feeling the question. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm always stressed, stressed, and so doing the stress thing. Okay. The only way I'm going to be happy is to get high. To be right. Drunk, to be around those that, you know, feel the same way I feel. Right. So I'm going to be admissive. Okay. Now I'm starting to feel like I'm a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that usually leads to gang activities, that usually leads to breaking a couple of things here. You know, so at the same time, if I'm getting neglected by my peers, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the home, and then once it turns from the home, it's going to the orphanage. Okay. So my parents can't take care of me or control me when they try to turn me up. They don't care about me, but what makes you care about them? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be angry at the state. I'm gonna be mad at my parents, so I'm not gonna have such with nobody. So does this, so having this kind of attitude, does this feel open to how they get into criminal behavior and cause? We're saying them as in men, women, young young teens, and uh, whether male or female uh, going into the criminal system or criminal justice system and going to jail behind. I have not been dealt with. Yes, it does. But uh, you already look at it. If you look at it a foster home mm-hmm. or you're into an orphanage, you know, you're handcuffed in. You know, you already locked up. So wow. being locked up ain't really <laughs> no hard thing now because you already know what being locked up is. Right. Usually how you deal with the family. Okay. I think that's a, a, that's a real statement right there because People don't realize, let's say people as the system don't realize that you are already in the system. So what chances do you really have? And of course we're going to bring it up to, you know, discuss, uh, you know, if any two families alike that go through uh, abuse within the home or abuse within the system, and, and where does this system be held accountable for what they do to the kids, calling them of protecting the children from their own home. Well, just like you said, no family, no situation is the mm-hmm. But the way society and the way the system looks at it, they look at it as one thing. So we can put this all together and say black, they get black. Uh-huh. You, know, you got black, you got white, you got green, you got people, Absolutely. you got people. You have to learn and talk to somebody to understand what the problem is before you can try to fix it. How are you going to fix the problem if you don't know what the problem is? Right. So what do, what, 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 what are, what, what price can we sit on the system that is used to hold us accountable for, for, for this so 
people that they have put out in them themselves. Themselves are obeying that very law because it is happening in the system as well as out of the system in family. Well, see, they just need to sketch. Everybody wants to look at the bad person. That person is bad. That person is bad. Never like them or at home until it happens. It's because my child uses love. Your child. Now, this child in jail for 20 years, mm-hmm. or you want to put my child in jail for 20 years. The way it goes, they both are wrong. What wrong is wrong and wrong? Right. Wrong is wrong, period, how you look at it. But they cover up for it because they want to use somebody as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Now, when the system needs to start doing, it starts to look at them all right. I get a hand, crying, so that's what they do. Well, you know, in my case and other people's cases that I have uh, been out in the community and have dealt with, families that have been uh, done wrong by the system. They may have made a mistake, but once those kids go into the system and then mistakes are being made also in the system because nobody is doing any oversight at all. And they know that these things are going on, these abuses are going on, and they are being alleged for doing it too, seeing that the system is, is, is turning a blind eye, uh, they need to be helpful, and they also need to step up that they're not a perfect for bringing the law down on parents and them not even doing what the parents were doing, which is to supervise. So, Brenda, the light is right. Show us some more on this detail. Okay, Wendy, as I stated about the information that I received off the child welfare information mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. that is also one of the areas that I know that it's not people on this. Which is the increased focus on accountability and outcome. Is this for agency action? We get past each other. 1994 amendment to the Social Security mm. Mm. Come on now. Social State. Security Act. The interest of the Child and Family Services you know, has heightened awareness within the church mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. that the work of child protection should be measured against the outcome for safety, permanency, mm-hmm. and uh, child well-being. Findings of the initial round of reviews indicated serious deficiencies. Mm-hmm. In, in most judicious in the area of mm-hmm. children and families and indicated that improvements in this lead to better outcomes. As a result, many jurisdictions are paying attention to the value of finding more individually to report and learning more about what has changed in each family to achieve and sustain in results. So these are increased focus on accountability. Uh-huh. Well, then, um, well, thank you, thank you for your for for your uh, views on this, Brenda, because uh, this is some deep stuff, you know, to to really to really talk about something like this. You have to have been through it in order to talk about it, even though they have all available. Of information wide range on this issue, we 
you down to how can make the system that has children's services and other systems, public, you know, systems for people to enter into. So I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to be back, and we're going to talk on uh, what what is the legal age of a child that can be left home by themselves or left the baby sick. Uh, because that's another issue, and that can potentially be an area for the system to uh, victimize in as well, which tears family homes up, and they don't realize that there's nothing wrong with it other than that the child was 14, and because they got the power, and they said that your child ain't supposed to be babysitting, and you are a single parent, and you the only one that's breadwinner in the home, and then your ch- children are off into the children's service system, and they end up mentally behind just the point that they were separated. When will the system take responsibility for that? We will be right back. And for now, I am going to make sure that uh, that I just want you to listen to me. Thank you. 
But definitely it sounds a whole lot better from the CD point of view. But since we are on the show and we are going out, you know, we'll get to that a little bit later where you can hear it a little more crispy. Okay, unless that's Lardy Miss Clardy in swag. So we're back on the subject here dealing with what services and the judicial system have in common. And the question that I had was, what was the legal aid a child can see to be left at home by themselves or to And also, this can also affect a family when the child and maybe have the power and they and they ship your kids out of the home and cause them be in the system. And even though that family may not have had problems at all, so based off of this question, this is why they were in the system. Where does where does the system and children's services uh, show any accountability in messing up a family in this area? Now. I want to reiterate here, or I want to iterate in this subject where we are talking about systems. Now, this, even though we have the only judicial system that we have and the only CPS that we have, um, even though they had good intentions, um, all systems do fail us at some point or another, but it's not. But because it is a growing problem, 
with family and TPS and the judicial system. This is the reason why I'm bringing it forward. And it would be a focus on this because people need to get involved and, 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 and talk out about what's going on because, again, nobody is holding the system you know, accountable, just like the government and all this other stuff, the economic issues, the stuff that's going on with the mortgage issue. No one is really holding anyone accountable. I mean, it's getting there, but how about the now? We need accountability and responsibility now. So the question, back to you, Brenda, is what is the legal age a child can be left at home by themselves or to be left to babysit? their siblings while their parent or a parent that is the only sole provider goes to work. How are you, you know, how does that work? What age uh, are they able to be left at home? Okay, well, yes, for the internet was again searching and researching. I came across a little piece of information that they take that uh, many children are not mature enough to stay home alone until they are at least 12 years old. There is, though, no specific age that can be given because it depends on the individual. Some 10-year-olds, they're responsible and are able to stay home for a short time after school until a parent comes home. Mm -hmm. Yet, there are some teenagers who can never be trusted to be home alone. So, basically, what I'm taking out of that is Every, every child is different as, according to their maturity. Mm-hmm. So even if your child has to be home alone at some point in time, the, the best way to make that smoothly is to make sure that there are some rules that mm-hmm. you post some important information of uh, where you're going to be, your phone number, mm-hmm. and teach practical skills and planning for emergencies in such cases where the child eats you and someone does right, intervene right. at that particular right. moment. Mm-hmm. But once again, it doesn't state that there has to be a specific age mm-hmm. to be 16 and older mm-hmm. that has to be there at the home. Okay, but the, the, the age that they targeted is that at age 12. Exactly. Okay, and uh, again, there's other issues dealing with that as well. Um, there have been families that have been told that a child can't babysit until they are 14. And even so, there have been uh, victimized um, regardless of, of being within the law, uh, you know, where their children are can just face the because of the, the parent or parents know and assert that they know what rights that they have because they have power. Uh, that causes them, within the, the children's service system, have power. The caseworkers that come out don't like it that you know anything. So sometimes even you knowing too much can also cause you to go into this, which that is enough to blame on the system itself because no one wants accountability to what happens to those children and abuse just based upon uh, you know too much and we got the power and we're going to make you suffer. And so the children, they just want to fight. They go in and they have to go through that system and go through and whatever they go through with 
foster parents and what so, and then they come back here behind what has happened to them, not understanding the fault of the parents at all. You got something to say on that too? Um, uh, yes, I do. According to the way you just explained that, with the education that you which I think is something old that there is work towards the future and change and with differential response. Okay. And so, you know, what are they thinking? Well, there's a, a lot of things that they have noticed that, that they do need to work on, which is uh, at, at some point, they have a low rate of services and um, other issues such as when a child is left home alone for whatever purposes of nature of getting the proper investigation to find out if it is adequate enough to place within their guidelines for it to be getting involved in Okay. Well, you know, again, you know, this is some good information and stuff. And, and if you're out there and you're listening, you can call in and give your views. Uh, we need your comments. Uh, we would like to hear from you. Uh, the number to call in on is 347-884-8684. And also the number under toll-free, if you cannot call otherwise, I have a toll-free number for you which is 7-7-4-3-8-3-1-5-3. Those numbers, again, is these are the ways that you can call in, 347-884-8684, and a toll-free number, if you cannot call the ICE, is 1-877-483-3153. We really would like you to become involved in this because we're going to talk about this again next week, and I'm going to bring a couple more people uh, on the line so that uh, so that this information also show that there are other people other than ourselves talking about this that is to fact. And so next week we are going to focus point on this, dealing with this issue till we uh, can get the system what there is child protective service and also become more involved in on uh, what's happening to these families and there is no accountability the uh, in, in children's services or in the you know part in what they participated in in order what dollars or it was just for it did make sense but the point of it is is that they have her family too, and that they should also uh, uh, go by their own laws and and put more uh, restrictions on who they allow to have children, and, and they need to have more oversight. Period. Because there's no oversight, not really. And even if they're uh, according to uh, the national the national system where you where you where where agencies such as 
children's services or those particular areas that uh, deal with children in the child welfare and our justice system, they report to this particular uh, uh, analyst system, which is called the National Data Analyst System. And what I found in here was something interesting that Ohio does not report at all. They have no information for Ohio. Uh, they have use of computerized child welfare and juvenile justice systems where the national uh, data reporting systems have anything on them in this in this retrospect. And, and they don't even, and if they do have their own uh, separate systems, what kind of systems are they using? Because there's an overage of families that are being protected uh, uh, properly from what the system is doing to them, other than the system protecting the child from doing to them. So you don't have, you don't even have a relationship between child welfare and juvenile data systems. And Ohio is showing that it is not applicable, okay? So how do we know that what, what information is being gathered by the juvenile system and the welfare system here in Ohio is, 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 uh, is confirmed or that it is, what I say, that it is, uh, that is true to the fact that this is how many people that are being abused in homes or abused in foster care. We gotta have something to go by. But I don't see anything here by Ohio uh, that they are uh, using the national system at all. Uh, there's not even cost on what relationship between child welfare and juvenile justice data system. Okay, and this is from back in uh, 2004. Four, and I found one you know up to date. So uh, this is all that all I can think of is that Ohio must have a separate system that they are running it by. Uh, Brenda, do you do you have any information on this at all? Not at this particular time. That that is a a, a great deal of interest that I would have to kind of research. Okay. Well, then we'll bring I this up. Absolutely, because if we cannot, you know, get adequate public access to uh, how the systems are working together to come together to report uh, the statistics about whether what abuse is going on in the home and what abuse is going on in the system, whether it's a foster parents or whatever, uh, we won't get the truth of how much uh, is really going on seriously. So in, 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 my, in my whole thought process is that, yeah, this is something we need to do some research on and find out if there's any other systems that, especially in Ohio, uh, you know, do they have anything out there, uh, you know, what they are reporting, okay? Because without that, we can't really even speak on it. And so we go the goal between uh what's that what's that one that that question that was given prior to uh what was the question um, that was given that on the falsely accused. On the falsely accused. Oh yeah. Families that are 
fathers, uncles, you know, that's been taken into the system for he got out of jail for a rape, 25 years of his life, he was innocent. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. You got anything on that, Brenda? Uh, yes, I, I could probably shed a little light here with some of the information, once again, from the down welfare information, anyway, which is the local rape services, which would argue that many families are inappropriately uh, subject to the intervention that leads to little in the way of services. Nationally, less than 30% of reports of suspected child malfunction in substantial of abuse, money, black hacking, either through or for ongoing service. So, um, of course, what I'm getting from this is some issues that are being addressed that are costly, that are costly being accused upon families are, are falling within the uh, guidelines uh, of limitations of tradition, which was uh, according to the limitations that they mainly just focused on mm-hmm. investigation. Right. So once that, that was an uh, accusation, the investigation started, but during the process of starting the investigation, the person or the perpetrator that is involved was already being accused. Uh huh. And that would also go in hand in hand, even in the system where you know the child or you know who all that is in the system that's dealing with the family, of course, uh, whether it's the foster parent, um, that they get falsely accused too. And that probably goes in line in and why the system, you know, don't put too much into doing thorough investigation because sometimes uh, uh, false accusations uh, come forth and and somehow it doesn't get uh, investigated properly because they know it to be a false allegation to some degree. Um, again, this is a subject, again, that we could talk about this next week and talk about it because we've got to bring some real-life people that have been in the system, uh, you know, from on the other side, of course. Uh, we'd like to have those that have been involved in the system come and be involved in on this radio show so that they can get this out because uh, there are a lot of things that go on inside of that system that ultimately mess you up uh, once you are released from the system, you know? And that, that, that in itself is, is, is a bad thing. Uh, but it's not unfortunate. Well, I got to say on that, that a lot of times when they get false accusations, I get accused of something that they didn't do, they like, they start to lash out. So they're already accused of false information, mm-hmm. and things like the system don't take that information. You know, so you and people just making them more money. You can so you think that that's yeah. what it really is all about? It's about the money and no sense involved at all. About all money. Mm-hmm. It's about everything that's gonna make a dollar. And that's what I think is people important. People are doing and they're gonna force it and make money off the. You know, when you go. It's like you're on probation, you're on your probation, you're going to get a fitness center, they get some money off the fitness center. When you go to the door, they're getting them $45,000 at the beginning of the year. So it's a lot of those like that, they get it every year. But after you go through this long, drawn out situation, 
Now, you're a nobody, but you're making them more money than you can make on yourself. And that's the point. Oh, they get dollars $50,000 for your agency. That's the same thing. But they don't care about you because you're just a puppet in the middle. <laughs> well, play. Okay, well, you know, hey, that's just the way that it is. Yeah, that's really, it. that's a hardcore fact. And um, we're going to, we're going to, down a little bit, and we're going to, uh, you know, bring up Tyrone Island Small to do a to do a, do a reflection on some of the things that we and if we will do this after finishing with this break. So we'll be right back. We need some reflection here, some thoughts.
Relaxing our mind, we definitely have to restock after coming from one hour to the next here, trying to bring you something interesting to help you talk about, even in our next segment. My name is Lardy Miss Clardy. I am the host of the Miss Lardy Talk Radio Show, and I have with me again um, Rice, the lightest Rice, with Nora Caldwell, who we call the Dark guy, and of course, yours truly, uh, Tyrone. I am in small school. And uh, we want to give you about, and this one is these available thoughts, of course, and all, all these matters. So, uh, if I see the signature here, it's just on reflection. Okay. Um, I would like to give my people, and I'd like to say God bless everyone that's going through the struggle of being abused mentally, physically, spiritually, and uh, emotionally. I pray that God bless you and help you deal with the situation and that uh, you're all right. This poem is in the top days. The world is on my shoulders. You're confused across the land. These stories were told by Jonathan. It was prophesied throughout the decades. Now we all know we're living in the last legal days. Famines, earthquakes, bombs, and toxic overloads. Your mothers and your brothers trying to put you in the early grave. Fathers giving up the ghost. Even though they feel alive, not mentally dead, brain dead, or comatose. Mothers have men who want to be lazy. Am I insane? And on the cross, Jesus died for me, and for my sins, he forgave Men be men, and boys be boys. By the end of this lifetime, you have nothing but joy. Women be women. Those be girls, but without all of you, <laughs> no more reproduction. The end of all mankind. No more baby boys or baby girls. Let's stop wasting time. You say it's hard being the way that you are, and then you're in your mind, yeah, you're losing your mind, and your brain is sucking shit. I didn't, I didn't want to tell him in the beginning that I was really a man. Basically, come here to kill and destroy. Including the men and women, starting with their young girls and boys. I rebuke you and cast you into the sea of hell. It is written across your face. What is living, everyone can tell. National disasters coming at you like a hot Give a list of people or you'll end up in the early grave. All you women selling out your souls. For a nickel and dime lover, yo, you need to control. Reach out and take your life back in your hands. You don't need a woman lover or a non-caring man. I guess these are the last new days. You women are like you're in a race. Try to see who's going to cross the line first. And at the end of the race, you're going to back in the hurry. Oh, no, I haven't forgot about you men. Keep going through the tube like the tiny camera. Instead of being a king high upon your phone, like 
You want to call Tyrone? Oh, and that's why. Want to download one of the for your house? Boy, that looks like that. Oh, my woman, my lady, my little buttercup. Now remember, these are the last and evil days. I was trying to memorize you in each and every way. I laugh now, but ain't a thing to find. All you willers, all you billers, switch your defense. You got your mind twisted like a quarter of gin. That feeling from the key chain. Don't go to the back of the comes, going Thank you. That was deep. And that's something to think about it. in reflection. Okay, you got to reflect on that. Thank you. I, you know, your, your, your smooth and calm way of putting it down. I think that's something that occurs by anything by. So here we are. Here we are again, trying to bring something to you real, okay? We said that we were real people, we real news, even in poetry, we're trying to get you, we're trying through. And so we go back over what we have been told you. Here is an attorney that's called, his name is Andrew Bosch. He's an attorney who represents children exclusively with 30 years experience in child protective work. He says that emotional abuse of children can lead in adulthood to addiction, rage, a severely damaged sense of self, and an inability to truly bond with others. And they said, Andrew Bosch's excellent article, he would carry this in the heart. Even, even, even just that that I just had there really to do because it's all about facing the perpetrator that done it to you. And if you cannot face them because they're nowhere to be found or they done died, get some help. Help to somebody, your best friend. Get it out of you because the more you hold that in, you will never come to truth freedom to be away from the tragedy that has happened to you. I urge that for everyone that is listening because I was once a you. I was once a victim. I am no more a victim because I cured the problem within my own heart by broken faith and then coming the truth of my own, you know, coming out of the bag of saying, oh, woe is me. Even though it was done to me, I can't carry that for the rest of my life. And I'm urging all of you out there to feel the same way. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. Anything to bring some kind of closure to your fear pressure. Once again, the movie called Pressure. Whatever the lady was that made that movie possible from a book, she was putting it out there about her life, and she was not a shame, but instead she was wanting to do what many of us are asking to ask to say you're not alone. And so you're alone. You are not alone. There's many of us, and we're on this show telling you victimization is for those that don't have a way out. We have a way out. 
even I'm coming out of call, a recovering victim of circumstances. And the reason why I say that, of a recovering victim of circumstances, is because you never stop being a victim. You're going to be a victim of something, but it's not what you do with victimization, it's how you do it. And so, therefore, you don't no more have to put on being a victim. No, you're no more than victim. Yet you get victimized, victimizing me, okay? Because I'm a teller. Like I tell y'all out there, stand up, speak up, and speak out. And that's what it's all about. I tell it. I don't even tell on myself. You hear what I'm saying? Because I ain't going to be sick by even my own feelings, okay? Because we can all to ourselves. We can self-victimize ourselves behind our own issues with ease. So, you know, tell somebody about it. Watch it. That's all I got to say about it. So, physical beauty is characterized by a physical injury as a result of punching, beating, Hitting, burning, taking, or otherwise physically harming. I'm just using things. I might as well come on out with it. And, and an adult who was abused as a child often has trouble establishing intimate personal relationships. Many women have trouble with physical closeness, touching intimacy, and trust as adults. They are also at higher risk for anxiety, substance abuse, medical, and other problems at who or experience some of the same trauma as abuse. So we have to even look out for what we do to not only ourselves, but what we do to ultimately to our children within a family setting. We have to really think about what we are doing. Emotional sexual and physical abuse, whether it's in the system or in the family, is no good. But if we can come together and make the system also accountable to also seek it from their side instead of covering up because they scared they getting ready to get sued or whatever they're doing up in there, they need to stop because you are stopping those that are being abused from 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 exposing it, and that's what the issue is. How can how can a people uh, uh, truly overcome these issues if they don't have somebody that can deal with problems? This is all I got to say about it. I am Miss Clardy on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. And I thank you much for your time and your ears. And the last thing I want to say is there is a distinction between the needed care based on cultural lack of financial resources and a parent's knowing reluctance or refusal to provide care and love. And sometimes we do because we have a lack of knowledge. God said in his word, my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. And so if knowledge is what's causing the damage, then we must find a way to take knowledge to become exposed to knowledge. So if you have any last word here, Brenda, I want to thank you for being with me on the show. I hope you can and become a permanent 
co-host to the show. But do you have any last words you want to state at this time? I'd like to say for this week's segment, and I'd like to thank the learning party for having me here, Victor, on this show. And I, I'd like to hear or see some about the viewers or participants call in and share some of the things that they made because one day they may have missed over for something that we didn't quite get out of. Absolutely. So once again, I'd just like to thank everybody for allowing me to be a part of this. And I wish everybody a nice Dark side is what you've got to say about it. You got any last words, thing? Yes, I have a lot of last words. <laughs> I mean, it's good to take this out there, you know, and be really, really, you know, it's just the middle of your person out there that's struggling right now with their addiction. Uh, life is going to be to be extremely extremely and glamorous, and they're not seeing the other side. You're looking at one side, everything is cool when you're making money and it's looking real good. You know, you're behind you a lot of times you think. you got to turn yourself over to the area that you're in the beauty. You're going to look inside of you and go back out there and All I have to say is, most of the time you meditate, you write your problems out, you put it down on paper, and then you go over your body and you read over it. So that is going to go to the same time. I'll tell you no lie. Let your mind is in prayer about that too. So, you know, anybody can overcome the, the world. It's going to you to find inside yourself uh, who you are. Do I want to be a help to the world or do I want to be a human? This system is already set up for you to fall into it. It's already set up for you to go to prison. It's already set up for you to be some powder and fall to air. But at the same time, if you're not honestly, you have to understand. And side by self is where I gotta be true. Tell the truth and show the devil. I like that. I like that. And I guess if I'm gonna say anything about it, I know I said goodbye before, but I guess I'm gonna have something to say here on the end on the end of this too. There are healthy ways to divide child abuse. And this is coming out of developmental psychology dot com. Okay, and healthy ways to survive child abuse is to talk to a friend, get counseling, find a mentor or role model to give you positive support, call a social service or the child protective service to trust them. Um, friends at home, if you need to leave home, do it legitimately. Start over somewhere new. Foster home, relative home, if you trust them. Um, call them if you trust them. Okay? Uh, tell a teacher if you trust. All right? School guidance counselor, pastor, friends, parents, or relatives, anyone you trust. Not that you don't. If it's a feeling in the air, don't talk. Go to somebody you can trust. Tell a neighbor. Start telling. Keep telling until you are safe. And with that, write a journal. Because you can also make a book. You can also make you tons of money telling the truth, okay, and help somebody that's in need. Until we next Saturday, have a blessed evening, and thank you for your time and for your ears to listen to this. We will see you next week on the same subject. Have a good evening. God bless.